and welcome to this week's Key Voices, Conversations with Folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty. Before we begin, I'd just like to remind listeners that this podcast is an opportunity to open up debate and discussion around topics. The views my guests and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. So, I'm very excited to be at Vivian Porritt's house. Hi, Vivian. <laughs> Hello. Hi, um, Vivian is a force of nature, I think <laughs> it's fair to say. Uh, co-founder and national leader of uh, Women Ed, which is a grassroots network, which you've probably heard of, uh, that aims to redress the gender balance in education leadership. Uh, Vivian has been building a growing international network of volunteers, bringing about change in key issues and ensuring women's voices are heard on education matters. Um, Just a little bit about Vivian's uh, background. She currently works as a leadership consultant, supporting school leaders on strategic learning and development and impact evaluation, as well as women's leadership. She has also been a head teacher, a chair of governors, Director for School Partnerships and Executive Director of the London Centre for Leadership and Learning at UCL Institute of Education. And she is currently Vice President of the Chartered College of Teaching. I think I think that was everything. Uh, so Women Ed had a fabulous unconference in London for International Women's Day, the Saturday before we record. Uh, I was there. It was amazing actually Vivian (laughs) (laughs) I would I would say uh really inspiring to see so many people there on a Saturday reaching out being open sharing what they think about leadership and inclusion we've got some some vox pops that we're going to be using in this in this podcast to give people a feel for the for the bustle Mm. um but um, obviously, obviously more still to do. And Women Ed is, is more than just uh, conference days. Can you explain better than I just have probably what Women Ed is and why we still need it? Um, well, in some ways, Women Ed is a hashtag, mm. which I think the world of education is still getting used to thinking that a hashtag can be something very powerful. Yeah. Um, But hashtag women ed is the way we describe ourselves to cover all of the communities Mm. that women ed is now part of. Um, So what we are is a grassroots movement of volunteers. And I think that's quite important to emphasise that um, who want to give women the choice to progress onto leadership positions. We're not saying women have to be leaders in Mm. education. If they choose to be or want to be, we want to support them to achieve that Mm. and to remove as many of the barriers that get in the way of that as possible. And in the four and a half years we've been going, we have found many, many barriers. Ones that certainly I hadn't even realised. As you kindly said, I'd been a head teacher. Mm. I hadn't found it difficult to be a head teacher. I don't believe, looking back, I experienced any barrier to me as a woman, mm. although I believe I did say in London on Saturday, I didn't have children. And I wonder if that enables women to do the more traditional mm. leadership than others. But that's not 
and family circumstances are not the only barriers mm. there are very many more so we just want to see more women in education in leaders in all leadership positions mm. especially senior leadership positions um, and we want women in education to be treated fairly and equitably and it breaks my heart that in a profession I thought I joined for its moral purpose and equitable beliefs that the vast majority of women who are in education um, really aren't being treated as well as they should be. As, as you say that we um, we heard from Carolyn Roberts who's who's actually been on the the podcast herself talking about ethical leadership on on Saturday and you say there is this real contradiction a profession that is perceived to be ethical and teachers people in schools spend a lot of time talking to children about about right and wrong and behavior and how they how they should behave but but as you say there, there's something that, that comes unstuck at certain points on the, on that leadership journey and barriers presumably external barriers but also some some of those women having barriers that they're putting in in their own way oh ab- absolutely i mean both men and women mm. are socialized to fit into and conform to the gender gender stereotypical norm Um, and for a lot of women that means they want to please people they need to be liked they themselves have unconscious bias about what a leader looks like and very often they don't see that leader as being female and they certainly don't see that leader as themselves Um, and then intersectionality comes into play So if you're a woman with those barriers and then you're a black or a brown woman, you're going to face more of those barriers. If you're disabled, etc. Your sexual orientation, if that's known, may also come into play there. So there are too many women in education either being held back from reaching their potential or who are leaving the profession in droves at a time of Mm. significant crisis for recruitment and retention. And I get a lot of head teachers saying to me, why can't I find any leaders? And they're scouring the globe to find them. And I normally tell them, well, they're sat in your staff room Mm. because those women are being held back from being the kind of leaders this system needs. Mm. And as you say, we have, you know, uh, uh, sort of, feminized profession in, in in education many many more teachers certainly and people entering the profession female yet the the top jobs are often taken taken by men and what what can we practically do about about that as a as a system level um well women ed talks about working on three mm. levels um the challenges we see are on three levels and so therefore so are the solutions yeah So we want to support individual women to see their own potential Mm. and and to go for leadership and and to accept that they might not get the first job for which they apply, particularly at Headship, when it is all about the values and the culture Mm. aligning, but to not then feel a failure and never apply again. Um, And it's important to encourage women to apply because there is very concrete evidence that women only apply if they meet all of the criteria, yeah. 
and men apply if they meet some of the criteria. So we need a better balance there. But we also need organisations to look at the barriers they put in the way yeah. of women. Um, and some of that is around the recruitment process. Mm. I think education must be the only sector now that asks people what their current pay is before they, mm. while they fill the application form in. Don't fill that section in on the application <laughs> form, people. You don't need to. It's not yeah. expected. It's certainly not part of the criteria mm. for choosing the job. Um, but if you got the job, you're going to immediately start off at a disadvantage mm. because you are more likely to be earning less than the men applying. Um, so the gender pay gap is a significant barrier for women. Yeah. It's 18.9% on average in education which is higher than the rest of the gender pay gap in England. This That blew me away, that statistic. It's appalling. Yeah. Um, and there's very practical things individuals can do mm. about that. But organisations, senior leaders, governors in those organisations mm. know there's a gender pay gap. Yeah. And it's being perpetuated and increasing. So that is a real key barrier mm. that needs addressing. And of course, the third level on which we work um, is the systemic level. Um, so that is the media we see around mm. us, the pronouncements from the top and government, um, the behaviours of government, yeah. the behaviours of some of the leaders in our organisations and Women Ed now tries to work on a complex interaction of those three things because if we improve one part of it, there'll be a knock-on effect mm. somewhere else. Um, so it's complex and there was a United Nations report at the weekend that said it's going to be over a 100 years at this pace before the global gender gap is reduced. So that just means we've got to keep going. We've yeah. got to keep fighting. Um and I think what we try and do is raise awareness of these issues, first mm. of all, highlight the issues in a very clear way so people can't ignore them, yes. um, challenge individual women, challenge the organisations that employ them, and certainly challenge um, on a systemic level globally. Yeah, in a very re real way, uh, in addition to, to, to all of that work, there's something about getting stories out there and people being able to see examples of, of of how things actually work in 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 practice particularly around things like co co-headship um interesting reflection from from the conference discussion saying well, actually more children seeing co-headship will have a positive experience admittedly further down the line that you know they will think it's the norm when they come into the world of work and think about job share and for and all of these all these kinds of things i think there's there's so much about that sort of um example um setting yes. and um we did a lot of research when we started because mm. we didn't just want to be an anecdote based organization no. um, and we continue mm. to keep researching and our wonderful, amazing community shares lots of research reports and articles all the time. Yeah. Um, but we're very, very focused on the fact that the research tells us that women do respond very powerfully to other women's stories, yeah. to be role models. 
And by role models, we don't mean somebody up there on a pedestal. It's somebody who's there doing the job, um, who faces all the same internal barriers, the same organisational barriers, Mm. but is there slogging away day after day, showing women that it can be done. Mm. And as you rightly say, one of the reasons we focus on women in leadership is because they will affect the next generation Mm. of young people and teachers coming through. Um, We're very focused on that as our mission because we would be too stretched to start working with students in schools. Mm. So our women leaders are doing that work on our behalf in that way. Um, And that's really important. Mm. They need to see themselves as role models for their students also. Yeah. And increasingly, you're having a global impact oh it's bonkers Caroline. <laughs> it really is bonkers um when we set out to do this we're based on twitter mm. um and all we wanted to do was give women a voice on twitter because um women were being shut down by large male voices um they certainly aren't doing that anymore mm. on twitter so we've achieved that but as the mm movement grew we realized that we needed to reach women beyond twitter we have thirty thousand followers on twitter so we're not doing too bad but there are very very many more women in education so um we've reached out in a range of ways we've finally got a website all right um what is the um, address of that website womened.org womened.org brilliant um, so people can follow us there and keep up with it and see all the events that we hold we've actually done 130 events in the last four and a half years so there's always going to be something yeah, there for somebody goodness, yeah maybe not right at the moment because no. we're a bit exhausted <laughs> after 16 events and two twitter chats over international oh, wow. women's day oh my goodness but even just last night, I put some more events upon the wow. on the website. So the website is mm. one way everybody can access. I think the other key way, and it's to do with the fact that we are keen on the research base, mm. is we wrote a book. We were quite astounded that anybody would think it was worth us writing a book. But we wrote a book, um, 10% Braver, which is our mantra. It's a fantastic book. Um, inspiring women to lead education. We had an interesting debate about whether the title should be <laughs> inspiring women to lead in education. And we mm. went, no, get rid of the in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are over 75% of the profession in mm. education. We should be leading this yeah. profession. Um, that was published in February 19. Um and has been a bestseller on Amazon in various categories ever since, which is phenomenal. Um, And we're deep in editing our second book. Um, Again, lots of debate over the title. So we've now... The second book is a collection of 25 stories of women Mm. who have epitomised the 10% Braver Mantra. Mm. So the title of our second book is Being 10% Braver. The stories of women who found themselves in a situation where they had to be brave to survive or to move forward. 
um, and they're telling that story, saying what they did, saying what they learned, mm. and passing that learning on. Um, and some of the stories are quite magnificent. Um, stories about women who faced adversity mm. to be leaders in education, including disability. Um, women who faced prejudice because of their background. Mm. Um, women who have achieved astronomical things from the base, their, their base mm. in starting. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say too much because yeah. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. give away some of those amazing women's stories till we've actually mm. pinned it down. Yeah. But um, it's been both heartbreaking mm. and joyous to read their stories. Um, and that's due out in November this year. Uh, perfect for Christmas yeah. presents. And and I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend the, the, the first book as well. In 10% Braver, mm. the first book, there are 12 chapters. Um, and myself and Kezia Featherstone, the co-editors, wrote a chapter mm. each. Um, but the others are written by members yeah. of the Women Egg community. They cover flexible working, the gender pay gap, um, intersectionality, mm. particularly for uh, British, Asian, minority, ethnic women. Um, we have a he for she chapter in the book, one of our male advocates, yeah. which is that group of male advocates are really important to us because other men need to see why men support women yeah. ed. Um and in some of the chapters, we've got a lot of individual women mm. writing their yeah. short case studies for it, um, including C Claire Cuthbert, whose mm. anecdote is phenomenal. Her first headship, she got, was the only woman on interview. She got down to the last two, but was told that they weren't going to have her as their head because the mining community wanted a man. Claire found that hard feedback because she couldn't improve on yeah, that in any way difficult. and that wasn't that long ago mm. so we do uh, reveal some of the deep unconscious mm. bias and over discrimination at mm. times um, and that's hard but we also reveal what to do about it yeah and how to challenge it um, and how to fail and then go back and challenge it again so we hope both books mm. are very practical, yeah. but also very joyous and powerful to read. We know your curriculum will be in the spotlight during your next Ofsted inspection. So how can you make it shine? The Key for School Leaders have put together a free resource pack to help you sharpen your curriculum in 2020. Head to key.sc forward slash shine podcast and download your free copy today. That's key.sc forward slash shine podcast. Your curriculum, your time to shine. And how do such incredibly busy women <laughs> doing doing so much else in school and out of school um, manage to find time to volunteer and, and run these events and engage in these these Twitter chats? Well, there are seven of us who are who we now call strategic leaders mm. rather than national leaders. And we did that because suddenly we grew out of England. We grew off Twitter into <laughs> events and having networks yeah. across England. And then we moved into the UK and then we moved into Europe and now it's global. Yeah. We have 28 networks 
across 17 different countries from Canada to Australia. Incredible. 125 network leaders and the six of us who are strategic leaders who somehow try and (laughs) get a handle on what all these other amazing network leaders are doing. Um, It's very hard. Mm. Um, And at times like International Women's Day this weekend, I would say it's virtually impossible. Um, But we're passionate. Um, We give what time Mm. we can. And I'm very fortunate in that I work part-time as a leadership Mm. consultant now. So that gives us a little bit more capacity. Um, But we do it because we love it. Mm. And we do it because it's really necessary and we, we want to bring about yeah. very clear and very sustainable change and our profession needs that and you know it it, it, to, it has grown it is viral you know it, it it was it was fantastic to see the lady from the Falkland Islands <laughs> at the London conference for, amazing yeah um, you know people just taking the idea and 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 running with it and, and and running with it to yeah. make it right for their yeah. area because you know we've got consistency in terms of messages mm. consistency in terms of what things look like but each country mm. or region does what's right for the women that they are mm. working with um so it can look quite different but actually at the core mm. we're finding that in every country the issues are still the same. They may be more granular or they may be more deep, but all the issues are there. And so women across the world in education are being treated badly. Mm. And it's having that kind of rallying point to start those conversations and and unpick what that is in in the the local context. And then you can start to have some local action. Yes. Incredible how quickly it's grown. (laughs) Well, we... I looked it up the other day because somebody had asked me and our first tweet was um, in May 2015. So we're not even five years old oh yet. Oh goodness. They'll be quite, go in the quite next five years. birthday party this year for the, for the five years. Oh my God, I can't something else. It'll be wonderful. Um, and obviously we've, we've talked a lot about, about women today, but where else do you think we need to make progress as a society in terms of inclusion? Um, Well, absolutely, in terms of race. Mm. Um, Some of the stories we hear at um, our events, which sometimes are all day jobs on a Saturday, Mm. sometimes are an hour and a half after school. Mm. It's whatever's right and what time people can give. Some of them are are so upsetting because Mm. there is overt discrimination happening. Mm. And we all need to be challenging that. Sexual orientation is another. Um, and one very close to my own heart is um, the fact that there are women in education with disabilities, both visible and hidden, mm. um, and too little is done to support in that area. And what's phenomenal after the, the birth of women, Ed, as it mm. were, is we've spawned is the wrong way wrong word but out of women ed has come bame ed Mm. lgbt ed disability ed has come maternity cpd Mm. 
Um, so a more granular look at women, so those women who are pregnant or on maternity leave, flex teach talent, mm. return to teaching, shared headship yeah. network, all of these who are then taking some of those areas and putting all of their energy mm. into working on flexible working or maternity um, parental mm. leave, really. Um, and disability is the one that, I find really important mm. because I had breast cancer and there were lots of times I wasn't treated as I should have been mm. treated and that shocked me and this was all alongside the early days, the very early days of women ed mm. and I, I thought well I was never treated badly as a woman but I'm now being treated badly because I'm ill. Mm. And then I began to realise there was a quite a gendered aspect of that then. Um, and it's shocking, some of the stories we hear of women who are leaving education. Um, there's been recent stories about ageism in education, mm. where expensive mm -hmm. yet brilliant teachers yeah. are feeling pushed out, being pushed out. And it's all back to that point I said that I... I think there are parts of education have lost their moral compass mm. or their ethical beliefs. Um, and if we are being forced down those roads because of accountability or the lack of funding, yeah. school leaders have got to stand up and let people know the impact mm. of this. Women aged 30 to 39 are the greatest proportion of all the leavers. Um, and that's overtly discriminatory. Yeah. Um, um, can I take the opportunity to say... Please do. Women Ed are a voluntary group, so we have very little capacity. We would love an organisation to take on the overt discrimination for women who are mm. pregnant or on maternity leave. Um, we'd work with you, but we don't have the capacity to do that. Mm. There's a big job to do there, mm. and we'd love that. Mm. Alongside maternity CPD to really make some difference there. I'm not very, I'm triggered in something's mm. wrong. Yeah. I always have been. <laughs> um, and that's wrong. Yeah. And we need to do something about that. And it's that, you know, it's going to keep happening. You've got people who like children, go into teaching, then want to have their own children. And, you know, this is where it starts to come. And so that's just going to keep repeating itself. Yeah. And, you know, we're not, fa we're not a family friendly. Mm profession even though we think we are because of the holidays mm. we're not mm. and you know there's a there's a ludicrousness to that that Completely is bizarre. that has to change and also it's not good no. for recruitment apart from the moral purpose mm. let's be pragmatic i was as hard-nosed a secondary head teacher mm. as you would get in terms of we have mm. not this is what we have to do yeah well what we have to do is keep brilliant teachers in the profession. It's as simple as that. And if that means you've got to change your structures to accommodate flexible working, or you've got to look at the gender pay gap, then let's do it because yeah. we're wasting a generation of teachers and I can't bear that. And in, in your other role as um, vice principal at the College of, of, of Teaching, um, you started to see how you can c kind of connect the women eds 
and people on their journey through teaching so you're not kind of picking up people after things have gone a bit awry in some cases do you want to tell us about the event that you've got coming up oh yes thank you um we've got our first women ed chartered college partnership event mm-hmm. joint event um, on the 28th of march 28th of march at university of east london um hosted by um lizana there and she's one of our women ed network leaders um and it's for trainee teachers, newly qualified teachers, and recently qualified. Mm-hmm. So teachers in the first three years, the early career framework yeah. teachers. Because we want those teachers, those women, to know that there are two very strong career-long networks mm. there to support them. Um, women Ed will raise all the issues we're talking mm. about because they we don't want to put them off. <laughs> but they also yeah. need to know that this happens for a lot of women. Mm. So they're not in shock if it happens to just yeah, them. Exactly. They're not alone. Yes. Yeah. And the Chartered College of Teaching will be sharing all of the resources, the research evidence and all of the programmes, both um, virtual and mm. face-to-face, that these new teachers can use to develop a lifelong career we are going to keep those teachers in the Mm. profession between us and any any final messages for people who want to know need to know how to get involved in 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 women ed but anything that you'd like to to leave us with in closing today um in terms of how to get involved involved with women ed um if you're not on twitter um, the website is probably mm. the best way to access it. You can sign up for our newsletter so you're kept in regular mm-hmm. contact with what we're doing and you can see the events if you wish to join in. And we also put on the events the Twitter chats mm-hmm. so you can still get involved in those. Um, if you are on Twitter, yeah. it's at Women Ed mm-hmm. or hashtag Women Ed and there you'd see your regional and countrywide networks in which you can engage also we also do have a facebook page if that's your social media of choice um, and that's women leaders on facebook um or just come along to an event yeah bring a bloke with you we'd like a bring a bloke event please byob (laughs) oh that's a great that's going to be a good hashtag getting there um so please do get involved either by joining in the dialogue on twitter or by coming along to an event um and watch out for the book uh yeah the book (laughs) thank you (laughs) as you can see there's so much the book november 19th great to say you want it as a christmas present great to give it to another woman mm-hmm. great to give it to a man in yeah. education or your head teacher if he's a man star from secret santa absolutely <laughs> get them out there absolutely um and and in closing i think even if you don't get involved in women ed personally if you're a school leader please look at some of the proceed mm-hmm. and that includes governors um Please look at your own processes, mm. your own procedures, how you recruit people, um, how you treat people in your organisation. Um, and we're always happy and on hand to help and guide and support in any of those areas if you want to be able to support women leaders in a better way. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much, Vivian. And thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by The Key, giving education leaders the knowledge to act. And just so grateful to Vivian for inviting me along on on Saturday and and hosting me here for this podcast. Members of The Key for School Leaders can access hundreds of articles in the latest issues in education at thekeysupport.com. Lindsay Patience. I'm one of the co-founders of Flexible Teacher Talent and it's just so great to be here at Women Ed today because flexible working is something that we promote throughout the education sector and we think it's for everyone and it's not just for women, particularly it's not just for mothers, but the importance of an event like this is it really shows you that women are still being held back in education and the importance of flexible working for allowing um, women to progress and to feel confident in progressing and to stay in the teaching workforce so it's really great to see women ed's focus on flexible working and to be here working with all these amazing women today hello my name is Kathy Latagbula and i'm come i've come from the haberdasher ass federation southeast london i'm part of the federation executive team there leading on school improvement and staff development but i'm here today most importantly because i'm a women ed southeast london regional leader uh, so I'm part of a really committed and fantastic bunch of leaders across the Southeast region, particularly focused on London. Uh, I just finished hosting a lead meet and as always it was fantastic, it was inspirational. And what I find with the lead meets is that people are very open and honest and there was so much conversation afterwards and people, it spilled over into lunch because people connected with the personal leadership stories. People are very open in sharing warts and all, but also something that really stuck with me was someone focusing on kindness and how they'd experienced kindness early on in their career and as a leader, how, what it meant to be kind. And this person in particular actually started off teaching in southeast London, in, in my borough. So that, you know, that really resonated. But people should get involved, women and men. There's a, you know, a big focus on he for she because, well, the statistics talk for themselves. Okay. Um, the opening from Ray Potter, she said that we are all each for equal, but we're all, we're all here each for each other. I love that. I absolutely love that. So I've been focusing on leadership development and mentoring for 11 years um, and very explicitly focused on supporting those that come behind me and also drawing upon others. And so that, I think that was really what drew me to the women's ed movement initially was trying to get connected, trying to so- support and to find my tribe. So I found it. I'm here. Come and find your tribe too. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Um, my name is Emma Shepherd, and I am the founder of an organisation called the Maternity Teacher Paternity Teacher Project. Um, we um, inspire, empower and connect teachers choosing to complete professional development over the maternity leave period and implementing that as they go back to work. Um, uh, we're at the Women Ed Conference today and part of the reason I'm here is to, I love to network and I love to connect with people and more and more I'm um, meeting the teachers that we coach um, and support online in real life events as they realise that um, communities like Women Ed are really open to them and welcoming of them and their children. So we have a crash running today which just means that um, teachers who may struggle with childcare on Saturday events can come and join us. Um, whether they whether they end up using it or not, it really sets the tone um, and sort of lives women ed's inclusive values. Um, hello, my name's Sarah Westcott. I'm an assistant head at Queen Elizabeth School in Barnet, um, and this is my first women's ed conference or unconference, I should say. Um, so I've come here today really to draw upon 
um, the whole networking um, sort of opportunities that Women's Ed offers. Um, it's my first year as an assistant head and I've found it really challenging juggling the whole range of responsibilities um, and sometimes there are no right answers and I think seeing other women in this position has been really useful for me. I think that's important. Um, it's not to be pushed because you feel like you should go in a particular direction but also not holding yourself back because you don't see the potential within yourself and I think thinking about the 10% braver it is taking those small steps every day to sort of develop your leadership. Thank you very much. My name's Kate Fallon. I am the Director of Teaching School for the East London Early Years and Schools Partnership. Um, and I work uh, across Echo Trust as well, leading on CPD, professional development, on recruitment, and lots of other things beside. Mm -hmm. So um, I think Women Ed is very important because, because of its virtual um, characteristics, really, mm -hmm. because so many women get involved in the organisation the virtual organization that doesn't really exist you know and actually the benefit of being able to connect with people all over the country all over the world um but even locally you know people that they don't connect with i don't connect with that i can see that on twitter we can kind of keep in contact with each other and then have these sort of moments where we come together physically face to face is really um beneficial it's really beneficial um and seems to really really help people grow 